You're listening to Trent Talk, your Halo by Halo guide to America's greatest treasure, Trent. Um, Today we're... <laughs> I don't have my notes out in front of me. Well, tomorrow we're going to talk about... Today we're talking about... It's today, who cares? Today right. we're talking about um, Halo 11, which is the Perfect Drug remix album. It's a stinking pile of... Poop. It's uh, it's not great. It's not great. Uh, if there's any Trent Reznor Halo for us to recommend you not owning, it's probably this one. Yeah. Because, I mean, the perfect drug, even the original mix, is pretty fraught with kind of hacky cheesiness. Okay, okay, okay. You, you don't like the album okay. version? Okay, anyways. I like the album version. Thank you very much. So, Team Trent Talk has some mixed feelings <laughs> about the album version, but this isn't... This album doesn't even contain the album version. It's it's just five different mixes that are all like very drum and bass, very just sort of mainstream techno. And Trent Reznor said himself, this is a point in his career where external influences showed up in his work to a degree that he did not like. Yeah, but he was so dreamy in the music video. I don't care what anybody says. Oh yeah, that was the, that was like when my loins first frothed over Trent Reznor. <laughs> it was ten. <laughs> And they were frothy. Yeah, I enjoyed the music video. And, I mean, I like the album version okay. But when I heard that it was Trent Reznor's least favorite creation, like, he's made a lot of music, and not all of it was good. Yeah. But he decided that this was the most not good. He liked this less than the slip. Oof, that's heartbreaking. The, yeah, the slip was rough. Yeah. It had a couple good ins, but... With, with eh. the teeth was even rougher. Yeah. Yeah, there's still some good ins. Anyway, yeah, so... Like, uh, oh, huge milestone today, right? Oh yeah, it's our 10th episode! Yeah, it's the 10th of it. April! That we too. did it! So in 10 straight weeks of Resner fun. So to celebrate mm. our 10th episode, we are not recording it right now. No. <laughs> we are going don't be to... <laughs> don't be fooled. This is an illusion. You're insane. Um... We are going to record the beginning of this episode, and then we are going to stop recording, Mm -hmm. and we are going to go to sleep, and we are going to wake up, and Mm -hmm. we are going to go to brunch, and we are going to get very drunk, Mm -hmm. and then we are going... Probably Uber home. Yes, definitely Uber home, and then we are going to finish recording this episode whilst day drunk. I'm going to have... Three Bloody Marys. I am gonna. I'm gonna test the limits of the bottomless Bottom, mimosa. I mean, oh god. I mean, bottomless mimosa is straight up like blacked out before noon. Last like, time I did that. Okay, I did, just really quick. So I used to run a brunch club in Madison, Wisconsin. Every Sunday we would meet for brunch. It was beautiful. It was anywhere between one person to twelve other people, and it usually entailed me. Literally rolling out of bed at about 8 a.m. on Sunday, still drunk from whatever I did Saturday <laughs> night, calling up a restaurant because I realized that I forgot to make a reservation, and going, I need a reservation for however many people said on Facebook that they were coming, plus one chair, just in case. And it was always a hit. One time we went to this place right off of the square called Deluxe. If you live in Madison, Wisconsin, do yourself a favor and go to Deluxe. It's phenomenal. Mm. Um, they have bottomless mimosas. Here's the deal. I made a reservation, but they wouldn't see us until the entire party showed up. But because I'm a good 
like brunch club host, I always showed up about an hour to an hour and a half early when there was a huge group so that I could get the table so that people could kind of show up when they could because mm. people weren't going to show up all at the same time. Mm. So distraught, I, of course, ordered the bottomless mimosa, sat at the bar while people trickled in, and then an hour later they all showed up and I counted eight mimosas. But I don't know how many I had because they would just show up and fill them up. But I had at least eight. Yeah, they just they just come through with the pitcher. Yeah, and they it's just a, it's slide like a, through, those majestic angels. So then we eat it's brunch. It's like an opium den. Yeah, I don't, that, that is they just a reference I don't understand. But um, so brunch ends. We leave, as one does, you know, after you're finished at a place. I walk outside and I say... Oh, why is it so bright out? <laughs> to which my friend replies, it's fucking 2 p.m., Claire. It is 2 p.m. I don't know what you thought you were doing with your day, but it is 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And then my friend Martin and I went back to his apartment, smoked a ton of weed, and fell asleep watching girls. It was a perfect day. And then I woke up, and I went to karaoke. <laughs> that sounds like the perfect weekend. <laughs> was the perfect drug. Mm. Uh, the perfect uh, drug. So yeah, we're going to get drunk as fuck. But anyway, let's do a thing real quick. Um, yeah, my quick feel of this album is just, yeah, it's, once again, just very overlong, overworked, like eight and a half to, we have a new record. There's like a, there's like a nine minute song on yeah, this album. nearly. Which, it's just so rough. Ugh. It's just each one of them is just a repetitive beatdown, and yeah, it's it's drum and bass that specific weird subgenre that is seriously just boom 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 boom. And like by the time the music shows up that is recognizable and that I want to hear, I'm just like I don't even like I'm just staring at like between where the ceiling and the wall meets, and I'm just like I don't fucking care. I just can't care right now. I just I, I don't want to do it. And yeah, there's five mixes that are all pretty crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a sixth mix that only showed up on the vinyl release, which you can you can find because it's the internet. Um, and yeah, that one was like spectacularly bad because it was designed for like dance DJs. Mm. So it's like even more pop. Like it, it remixes his vocals in probably the most embarrassing way I've ever heard. Um, so yeah, this I is, wasn't even listening. When this you is it. this is another one of the weeks where we're just in the trenches. Um, trenches. And the trenches. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's our tenth episode. We're gonna have a good time, and um, yeah, hopefully we uh, we don't get a, we don't get too blitzed to be <laughs> comprehensible. But we're both professionals. I think we can handle yeah, it. Yeah, I'm from Wisconsin. I can deal. So thanks for tuning in. I guess. Wait, we'll, before oh. we go, mm. let's um, introduce what we did last weekend. That's airing this week. Oh, yeah! So, on the Benview Network, we've already run an ad for this show, but it's our friend Aaron's show, the podcast preview. Yes. And essentially, his podcast um, just talks about a comedy podcast that he thinks the audience is going to love, and it's... It's meta. He's Yeah, it's super meta, and he's so polite and pleasant. Oh, he's fantastic. He's wonderful. Like, it actually goes out on terrestrial radio mm-hmm. somewhere yeah. in the East Coast. Um, Maryland? Something like that. Something like that. But yeah, no, he, D.C. Uh, he's in the D.C. area. So yeah, he mixes it down to like a 30-minute version for on-air radio. But he's going to be releasing, I think, maybe two episodes of Claire and I and him. Yeah. Uh, all discussing one of our favorite podcasts of all time. 
which is you talking you two to me. Yes. So we, it was a privilege and an honor. It was so much fun, and of course, Shia talked a lot because he likes to do that. I get, ner- <laughs> I get nervous, and it's just like I know what'll work to cut the tension. Words. <laughs> it's okay. So yeah, enjoy this little clip from that episode. Oh, you got a teaser? Nice. Well, I don't have it pulled up. I'm just looking at a All thing right. on my phone. All right. But it's gonna it's gonna be a thing. Enjoy this little clip and tune in later today when our drunk asses put together a podcast for you. All right, we love you, Resnards. Bye. But like part of the charm I think for me is that I don't like you two, so I really don't care if they talk about you. I kind of like you two. In fact, I never finished the last episode where they talked to you too. Why would really? you finish that? I had a I had an errand to run and I I switched to music and You're I still just running never, it to this day. <laughs> to this day, I've run my errand all the way to California and I've never <laughs> finished that episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trend Talk. <laughs> so today we're discussing the perfect drug. Versions. I probably need to get closer to the mic. Huh? <laughs> uh, one quick mention: we uh, we devolved in our studio production methods. We're now back on the couch <laughs> because it's way comfier than the wooden chairs. And we have been drinking for a long time. It's been a great Sunday. It has. It truly, truly has. Oh, if you've never gotten day drunk and then gone and put your feet in the Pacific Ocean, that was nice. Go do that right now. We even right found a, now. We found a turtle. We found a little turtle. It was like not somebody's a, like... Not, not a living turtle. No, it was somebody's like... Sh- Nor a dead turtle. <laughs> it was somebody's like shitty hippie necklace. Yeah. That had a little white turtle on it. What I liked about it is it had been floated in, floating in the ocean long enough that it had been like weathered and the corners were kind of worn down a little bit. And it was, yeah, it looked yeah, like, it looked like so a recovered cute. Indian artifact. So... Uh, Tiny Turtle will be joining us for this podcast. (laughs) Ah, shit. So I guess we gotta listen to this. Here. Enjoy. (sighs) So, I mean, it's got all the recognizable parts of the song known as Perfect Drug. (laughs) There's Trent. Repeating himself over and over again, saying that you, you, are the perfect drug, and it's got a lot of other crap too. Yeah, and if you Is like this... drum and bass, you're probably not fully mentally capable as a person. No, I know play, I know plenty of people who like drum and bass. Why would you enjoy but drum and bass? It's it's a time and a place kind of thing, you know? Drum and bass has got a time and a place. The drum and bass has got a time and a place. Okay, no. Uh, uh, drum and bass, uh, more uh, like... Uh, uh. Uh-uh. More so like time and a place. more like dumb and waste Stop of it! my time. Stop. <laughs> it's so bad. I will advocate for drum and bass, not as a fan, but as a fan of people. I mean, I even, <laughs> I even, I like it more now that I'm drunk. We should have just like done acid and listened to this instead. No, I'm just kidding. No, we shouldn't have. <laughs> What other use does this album have? Impression. Here's Christopher Walken. You are the 
perfect drug. Wow. <laughs> wow. You uh, are the perfect drug. There you go. Nice. Wow. Good. <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> let, let me get some more Beavis. Oh, wait. My throat's too dry. Anyway, uh, this is the first remix of The Perfect Drug. <laughs> Sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever drug he's on, it's not fucking it's cutting. It's not perfect. It's not fucking cutting <laughs> it here. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to go uh, look up uh, who he remixed this with. Uh, so we meet, meet Manifesto. Is it? Yeah. So this yeah. is the first remix. Seven minutes, 25 seconds Ugh. long. Just to make sure you didn't miss... Oh. Hmm? Shout out to an internet friend named Dan who likes this remix. This you is the one? You are the only one. The, the only, only one. The only one. <laughs> you are our only fan. <laughs> J-Plan. Uh, J-Plan. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess Trent collaborated with Meat Beat Manifesto and recorded this remix. Cool. And emphasized a lot of drum and bass and jungle influences that he had at the time. And, uh, I'm uh, yawning, no big deal. And Go even on. on reflection, Trent did not... He, he, he wasn't proud of this. And there's no reason for him to be proud of this. Because this is just run-of-the-mill electronica dance. It's, here, here's some more. You will note... It's got the good parts of Perfect Drug. It's, <laughs> it's got the little like violin strings. Probably like a, a like a standing bass. Something like that. <laughs> Go on. But yeah, it's got the little string elements and everything. But like, yeah, it's just boom boom kish ba boom ba boom. That's seriously that. Yeah. And it's boom, like boom boom kish ba boom ba boom. That's it. That's it. That is exactly it. Go write your music right now, everybody. Boom, boom, kish, ba, boom, ba, boom. Yep. We've unveiled it. Well, I mean, music production and the music industry, in a grander sense, is not about innovation. <laughs> it's about doing what sells. And that's exactly what we're you listening know what to sells? here. Boom, boom, kish, ba, boom, ba, boom. Yep. Yeah, you don't want to confuse people. Like, when you, when you throw another record on the turntable... And you're trying to get the crowd to dance and then get thirsty and buy more alcohol. This is what you want. You just want this bullshit. Just confusing, chaotic noise. As long as it's got the... Yeah. And that's the thing, I even like it more now that I'm abusing substances. <laughs> but it's still not good. Hey, babe. Indeed. Um, so yeah, uh, I have a few notes. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah, this is the one that has Annihilate in it. Oh yeah. So in the middle of the song somewhere... Oh, this is it? I think so. Are you sure? Yeah, it has a little... Like, it has, a, it has a huge break. I thought it was like in the middle of the album. The second song? I don't know. It might be. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, but I think Plug would probably be the remix that would try that. Okay, one of them. What other notes do I have? Um, so yeah, this this whole album could be summed up as Trent Reznor smokes dirty meth. Or it might be this one. It might be this one. Or Trent Reznor's first time on Salvia. <laughs> 
Or, I mean, it could be a hacking montage in a 90s action drama. I don't know what clean meth is like, so I don't know what dirty meth means. I don't know if there is clean meth. Oh. I've never tried any of it. Nor shall I. Unless it winds up in my ecstasy. <laughs> and then I have no control over that. Uh, <sighs> how much angst? So, for me, this entire album has the angst of someone who is slowly realizing that their friends have abandoned them in a corn maze. Oh, wait, is this an oh. is Annihilate coming in? I feel like it is. In <laughs> a corn maze. Because it's just like you're running down a lot of fucking blind alleyways, and it's like, oh, maybe there's something over here. There's not. Oh, maybe this is the way out. Oh, it's not. Oh, uh, maybe there's something over here. That's there's, how I feel. There's never anything anywhere. It's the same nonsense for fucking 60 minutes. Oh, I think Annihilate is about to drop in. Mm hmm This sucks! <laughs> Where is it? Oh wait, this is the oh, second oh, song. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh. So. Turns out, we're in the second version of Perfect Drug, which is remixed by Trent Reznor and Plug. Clocking in at 6 minutes and 53 seconds. I read Pug. I'm not even kidding. This one might have Annihilate. So here's the deal. Annihilate happened. And Shia looked at me and he was like, write down what time that was at. <laughs> and my computer is so old and shitty and full of photographs and games that I was just like, I, I can't. My, photo, my computer is frozen. But it's it's a perfect moment. It's like uh, it's basically it's the cherry on the shit Sunday that is this whole album. And we will we will when we find it we will go back to it. Yeah, of course. So don't even. In the middle of the song, it just breaks in in this techno voice and says, "Annihilate." Actually. And then it just goes right back into the same into the same thing. It's the same rhythm. It's the same beat. It's the same samples. Nothing changes. Annihilate! It's probably coming. Who knows, though? Like, this literally, is, It's got a bouncier bass line, I guess. Oh, I think, yeah, it's coming in. Are you ready? I'm ready, but I've been ready for forever. Annihilate us, Trent. Annihilate us. Annihilate me. What? Okay, and then here we go. We have we have the actual building blocks 
that make Perfect Drug an okay song. Mm-hmm. And they're just spread out, few and far between, between boom boom kish ba boom ba boom, as we've addressed. It's just there's nothing, there's nothing that makes this worth listening to unless you're very very high. Yeah. Okay. Right we, now it's we okay. Might, we might be annihilated soon. We may have already missed the Annihilate. I don't even know. Alright, well, as long as we have a few minutes to kill, (laughs) I would like to uh, introduce to our ResNerd listeners... That I found a uh, a pretty good resource on Nine Inch Nails history. Yeah. So I was on Google. Google I was on Google Books, cruising around, looking for anything pertaining to Nine Inch Nails and their history. There's no official rock biography yet. I don't know if there ever will be. Um, but you know, we've been citing fr- any quote from uh, Louder Than Hell about Trent Reznor and, and his process. Uh-huh. Um, but there is a. Uh, a book out there, an ebook, e-book. called Nine Inch Nails: The Secret History, written by nope, I do not remember his name. Yeah, it's fine. Alan Cross, I think. Mm. Um, and it's a dollar ninety nine, worth every penny. Uh, it's fifty six pages. Ten ten of those pages are footnotes, um, but it it actually weaves a pretty decent narrative of Trent Reznor's life and his creative ambitions. And at first I thought it was going to be just gobbledygook, like poorly written trash by a guy who doesn't know how to use a comma. Um, however, it turned out pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to read you a couple of quotes from the first chapter, which has the title, Anger is on parentheses industrial energy. So again, that's anger is an industrial energy. Okay. Whoa! Ooh. Anger is the color of your energy. <laughs> Whoa! Anger is the Shut color up. of your energy. I didn't even think of that. Yep. Uh, um, whoa! Go yeah, on. Give me the rest. No. Give me the rest. Anger is the color of your energy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay, Trent Reznor's Trent Reznor's portrait of the artist as a torture victim turned him into something of an anti-hero whose anthems detailed such isolation and pain that listeners were sucked into his pit and forced to face demons of their own. For many Gen Xers, frightened by AIDS, recession, and a terribly uncertain future, Nine Inch Nails provided both a cathartic outlet and a place to commiserate. Unlike the cartoonish nightmares offered up by Alice Cooper and Kiss, the bad dreams summoned up by the ultra-charismatic Reznor were all too personal, mm. and therefore far more real and frightening. Ooh. But there's... <laughs> please keep doing that. Yeah. But there's more to Nine Inch Nails than Trent Reznor's personal problems. Mm. As an artist, he has achieved and maintained an enviable level of integrity and credibility mm-hmm. as he pushes the envelope with music, video, and stage performances legendary for their violent intensity and disturbing mm. imagery. His technical expertise in the studio is such that he's in demand as a collaborator, producer, and remixer. 
Meanwhile, his records, and many of those that bear his fingerprints, sell in the millions. But Trent Reznor is one unlikely pop star. Anyway, after that, it goes into his uh, his childhood in uh, Mercer, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Going all the way back to the source. Yeah. So he was born in small town America, as, yeah. we, as we all know. Yeah. And his parents separated at an early age, and he was raised by his grandparents, the uh-huh. whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but one really interesting uh, avenue of inquiry that I've seen in this book that I haven't seen anywhere else is um, some analysis of Trent Reznor's relationship with his dad. Oh, yeah. So here's a quick little segment called Dad Thoughts. Dad Thoughts. Dad so, this episode goes. <laughs> this episode goes out to dads. Yeah, dads. Um, so Trent Reznor's dad is, was named Michael Reznor. Yeah. Well, and isn't Trent Trent right, Michael Reznor? You're right. Ah. He is. Or is it Michael Trent? Oh. He might actually be a junior. He might be. Special guest appearance by <laughs> Matt Benson. <laughs> Don't leave. Hi, We're Matt. Just recording We're recording yeah. a kind of a throwaway episode <laughs> of Trent. It's Talk. not a throwaway. We're just drunk. I'm, well, also, this is a terrible remix album that we're just trying to fill with any content at all. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so when did you first become aware of the music of Nine Inch Nails? Um, probably, probably, <laughs> I don't know, probably probably through Bowie, probably because he toured with them, and that yeah. was probably my first discovery yeah, yeah. of them. Very true. Trent Reznor toured with Bowie a number of times, collaborated mm-hmm. on a few songs. <laughs> And, and oh, we're both afraid oh, of America. No, 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 here we go, here we go. Um, in 1997, the same year that the Perfect Drug Versions was released, yeah. Reznor and Bowie both appeared on the musical soundtrack to David Lynch's Lost Highway. Oh, All right, Thank, thanks, Benson. No Thank you. <laughs> that's Matt Benson, the creator, one of the dudes who runs the Benson, Benview Network. We know what that of. is. We know what it is. I'm drunk, who cares? Stop saying you're drunk for fuck's sake. I'm drunk! Guys, I'm drunk. I'm just explaining to people why I'm being a dingus. So, Trent's dad was named Michael Reznor. Um, and he, after his, uh, after he split up with Trent's mom, he was looking to repair some of the damage caused by the divorce. And he encouraged his son's growing interest in rock music. In addition to working as an interior designer and graphic artist... Michael Reznor was an amateur bluegrass musician. What? Yeah, that's pretty funny because, like, there's absolutely no hint of bluegrass in any of Nine Inch Nails' work, ever. Um, But yeah, apparently Trent got some of his first musical lessons and experience by learning from his dad, playing bluegrass tunes on the old Git Box. Git Box? Yep. Um, Yeah, also Michael ran a small music shop and sold a variety of acoustic instruments and guitars. In his spare moments, he taught Trent the basics of guitar and later managed to procure Trent an electric piano. So, I mean, there's a lot of weird little things where, like, in this book, you learn that Trent actually had, I guess, an okay relationship with his dad. It's it's, it's hard to tell. But, I mean, his dad was at least present in his life in some of his formative years. Mm -hmm. Um, He says that he smoked pot with his father for the first time. Oh, my God. At age 14. How weird would that be? That would be really weird, I feel like. Yeah, I did not smoke. That's the thing, is like, my dad smoked pot uh, since the 70s. Yeah, 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 my mom did too, but, I mean, my mom died when I was 11, so obviously we didn't smoke. But I feel like... Deepest pain. Deepest pain. But I feel like 
I didn't start smoking. I smoked pot like around four, like 13, 14, but I didn't like really get high until like freshman year. I guess I was like 14-ish, but still. That would be weird. It would. It would be weird. Um, I have never smoked pot with my dad, knowing that we both smoke, and I don't know that I would uh, want to. Because it'd be, be weird. Well, um, yeah, I first smoked pot when I was about 14, 15. Yeah. Um, but before that, I went with my dad to a bunch of like hippie rock concerts where bands like Fish or String Cheese Incident were playing, and pot was just all around us. Ugh. Um, and I yeah. just, I knew that there was every possible opportunity for me to smoke pot. pot ability. But I was just not feeling it. Yeah. I just didn't want to. Yeah. Um, partially because my dad was a pothead. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, this isn't cool. This is, this is what your parents do. Which yeah, is pretty yeah, much yeah. the definition of things that are uncool. Yeah, yeah, totally. I get that. So, yeah, I ended up buying some pot from someone in high school, smoking it. And then when we first felt the effects of it... We thought that we had been, like, dosed or something. Yeah. Because I, I felt, like, my heart beating in my chest, and, like, everything was warm and, like, humming. And yeah. then I was like, oh, shit, I've been poisoned. Um, <laughs> I know. So I legitimately I thought weed. I was going to die. I smoked weed a few times, 7th and 8th grade. And then it was freshman year. I went off to some girl's house during lunch, and there was, like... We were freshmen, and there was this, like, popular hot senior who was just like, I'll come and hang out with you girls. So and it was he... basically the movie 13? Sure. Go on. I don't remember that movie. But he was just like, here, you can smoke my weed out of your water bong. And it was the first time I had a water bong. I got so high. And then I went to, like, English class, and I couldn't even English class. Like, I was just so high. And that's an easy class to fake it through. Yeah. But it was also one of those things where the, the teacher was just like, I can tell that you are not in your right element. Wait, usually... she, she said that to you explicitly? No, oh, no okay. but she was, I mean, I was very paranoid because I was high as fuck for the first time. But I could tell that she knew that there was something up. But also, there was a kid in class who always brought, like, Doritos and Lucky Charms to class. And I finally understood for the first time why he was doing that. I <laughs> he was uh, yearning for some sugary snacks. Yeah, he was high as fuck. As he peaked on his pot high. Yeah, because it was the first class. He was class... suffering from reefer madness. It was the first class after lunch break. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's the one. So we were very high. It was a good time. Where were you when we were getting high? Not listening to I was Oasis. eating cereal from a plastic ziplock. No, it was out of the box. Out of the box. Out of the box. In English In a class. high school English class. In the sky. <laughs> yeah, all right. I googled the Annihilate thing and it's totally in the first song. Damn it. All right, we gotta find <laughs> we'll it. We'll just add it. We'll add it to the end of the episode. All right. And you'll hear it and it'll be good. Um, so after Trent went to high school, he, I mean, he graduated. He was an okay student. Um, later on, he went to Mercer College, or, or a college near Mercer, Pennsylvania. Um, and he lived with his dad. And it's, fun, and it's interesting the way the book phrases this. It says, Trent spent the next year living with his father out in the woods. Near, out in the woods. Near Mercer, Pennsylvania. So I think they were just living in a house yeah. that was surrounded by some woods. 
I mean, they weren't like in the woods, not in like a fairy tale way. In Pennsylvania, it's very easy to be in the woods. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, you can just be in the woods. So it's just like a, your house and the road and your mailbox. Yeah, you just like and you're just out there. So you're you take a highway for a while, and then on the edge of the highway, there's a mailbox. And connected to the mailbox is a driveway, and you just follow it for a half a mile, and then you're at a house in the woods. Hmm. That's how life in Wisconsin is a lot of the time. So yeah, it seems like Trent and his father had kind of a, kind of a, I don't know, a dynamic. Yeah. You know, they, they got along. Which is interesting, because that sort of casts my whole understanding of Pretty Hate Machine in different light, because he's yeah. talking about sort of like being abandoned or disregarded or whatever, and I'm like, oh, that's classic, you know, product of a broken marriage right. sort of thing. Right. But, I don't know. It's hard to say. It seems like he may have actually had a more troubled relationship with his mom, which, I mean, do you think I don't know. it comes out in the music? I don't know. I always assumed it was a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe Freudian analysis can only take us so far. Right. I'm going to grab the other one. Yeah, go ahead. Um, (laughs) So, to Trent, Cleveland was a different planet. He could hear the latest new music on the radio, browse through stacks of cool new albums at record stores. Browse. Browse. Meet other people who thought and felt the same music made by machines. Thought and felt the same music made by... Alright, whatever. Um, By the end of 1990, more than 150,000 people had bought a copy of the album, and down in it had made number one on Rolling Stone's Dance Club chart, as well as cracking the top 20 of the Billboard's club chart. Well. So yeah, down in it actually did quite well. Yeah. For a song that neither of us enjoyed. No. Um, Apparently in 89 and 90, down in it was, uh, was shooting through the roof. I'm sure it was, though. Um, shall I just continue reading yeah, a bunch of shit? whatever. Oh, oh, wait, hang Do on. Do you want to talk about whatever remix is happening? Yes. I have zero notes. So I think what we're listening to now... This is remix number four. Which, to me, sounds like a bonus level in Super Smash Brothers. Does it not... It sounds exactly like it a bonus. Does. Yeah. Oh my god. Break the targets. I played a little bit of Super Smash Brothers. I liked it. I mostly always played Pikachu, but you know. Oh, you're definitely a Pikachu. Why does that mean? It means you're like <laughs> a you're a crafty technical player who Yay! will who will just hide underneath everybody and drop thunderbolt the whole time. Yeah, you yeah. would you would drop Thunderbolt constantly. I can tell you that right now. I've never played with you, but that's what you do. Yeah, I would Thunderbolt the fuck out of a bitch. For me, I'm a fox. Like I'm I'm quick and agile, and I will like engage and then run away, and then engage <laughs> and then run away, and then shoot at you with my laser for like five minutes until you have to come fight me. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. You're a pain in the ass. I'll just, I'll drill kick, and then up A combo, up A combo, <laughs> run away, laser, drill kick, up A combo, run away, laser. And then I'll do a shield flash, run away. <laughs> wow. Basically, as long as... You heard as, it here, folks. Basically, as long as you never tried to hit a fucking fire kick on anybody, because that was a waste of time. I mean, it's a good recovery move, but... I don't even know. Yeah. Anyways... 
So this remix was made by Jonah Sharp, who I guess is <coughs> is the member of the the uh, dance electronica group known as Space Time Continuum. Oh yeah. Um, and I had a little bit of a rabbit hole moment. Yeah. Where I went online and I was trying to figure out like who is this person that remixed these albums. And yeah, Jonah Sharp um, has this fan page, which I really enjoyed, because it hadn't been updated since 2008. Let's Is it Super GeoCities? It's very, yeah. Is it GeoCities or GeoSites? Um, GeoCities? I mean, it looks like it was coded by hand. Ooh. By someone who was like, ooh, yes, I'm just going to yes, have a very, yes. a very minimalist, sleek yes. look, which today looks terrible. It looks, it's beautiful, it's perfect. Um, so... My favorite update on their homepage is in, comes from 2008. Uh, so again, this is Jonah Sharp from Space Time Continuum. And uh, in 2007, they said, uh, Jonah Sharp now has a MySpace page. So that was, that was what was going on Woo! back in the day. Yeah. And then in 2008, it says, Jonah's MySpace page suggests that a new Space Time Continuum album is forthcoming, as is a collaboration with Mixmaster Morris. Stay tuned! And that's the last update. That's it. And it's funny because there's not a the lot of updates. The last update. Ever. There's not a lot going on on this page in general. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is it has Ooh, look like... look at that table. Go back. Oh, it's all table. Oh, it's, I mean, you know it's all table-based. Girl. What I'm else? I'm going to look at this page when we're done recording. What else would it be? That is a table, though. Yeah, it's table-based, and then there's like a weird like <laughs> tumor full of links in the top left. Uh-huh. It's gross. It's great. Uh, but so it has bad. like it has this really mediocre discography, which is fun because I mean you can see in 2008 there's the perfect drug remixes, uh-huh. um, but somehow the person who 2008? made 2008 the person the person yeah the person who whatever the person who uh, created this webpage could not for the life of him figure out when this album was dropped. Yeah. So it's question mark question mark 1997, the perfect drug remixes. Various artists doesn't even say Nine Inch Nails. But um. I just, I dug around in this site for a little while, and I found so much just classic 90s electronica self-indulgent weirdness. Okay. Like, um, here's a few names of collaborators that Space Time Continuum worked with throughout their discography. Okay. Seven Dub, Endemic Void, <laughs> Ming, and FS. What? Bill Riley. <laughs> Jazanova, Strange Attractor, Twilight Circus. Russ Gabriel, the Isolationist, Meat Beat Manifesto. Yeah, sure, yeah, that's that's yeah, kind yeah, of a real group. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Solstice, Solstice, and Phila Brazilla. Phila Brazilla. Uh, we got a few more. Sounds oh. from the ground. A positive life. Another fine day. Cold cut. Wow. Insanity sect. The Star Seeds. Velichet. Move D. Cobat. Herbert. Herbert? Herbert. Herbert. So that was in a... <laughs> Herbert was in a list of... of Herbert! Of groups like <laughs> Jazanova and Phila Brazilla. <laughs> Herbert. Herbert. Um, Herbert. So yeah, I guess Jonah Sharp, creator of this remix, worked with a ton of different artists, trying to get his name out. Um, another album that he collaborated on was called Wishel Spendung 2. By Jonah Sharp and Pete Namluk, uh, which was released in Germany, of course. Limited uh-huh. to 2,000 copies. Get your hands on it now, folks. And it had three tracks on it. 
Track 1. 10 kilowatt. Track 2. Hausenschlub. Track 3. 100 kilowatt. What does Hausenschlub mean? I, I don't know. Come on. Okay, wait, you're right. Come on. Hausenschlub. How hard can it be? Hausenschlub. Uh, Google does not know. Can't even tell you. Copy and paste. Hausenschlub. Hausenschlub. Um, oh, is it Hausenschluss? Hausenschluss. Uh, well, it shows up on the oh, German for version my, of Wikipedia. For my, in my Google Chrome, it gives me an option to translate. Oh, wait, here it is. Yeah. yeah translate, there you please. Go. Oh, my God. House connection. <laughs> Hausenschluss. So I guess it's pretty much where your house connects with, like, Electric, the electrical lines outside. It makes sense because of all the watts. Oh, wait, wait. It's the junction between the electricity, <laughs> heating, water, sewage, and gas pipelines. How's on schloop? I love it. How's on schloop? 100 kilowatt. <laughs> so, so, I had a little bit of fun with that fan page. Like, but, it started at one, what is it, 10 kilowatt? 10 kilowatt. It started at 10 kilowatt, but then it went, back, it went to the Hausenschlub and then realized that it could be 100 kilowatt. Wow, actually. That's beautiful. No, actually, that's, that's, a, that's a metaphor that yeah. kind of works. Yeah. Yas. Because as, as it passes through the Hausenschlub, the, the, <laughs> the, the voltage gets changed. Mm-hmm. You know? like. It? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what, the tra- that's what the Transformers do. I don't know. You know I, what, I don't know. You see those big buckets hanging from the, the big things outside? Yeah, the buckets hanging tra- from the big things. Yeah, I mean, they turn AC, they turn DC into AC current, mm-hmm. and then they also bring the voltage down, because they send shit out on those lines at, like, ridiculously high voltage. So and, the Hausenschlub? No, at the okay. Hausenschlub, oh, oh. the, the voltage is brought down to 120, uh-huh. so that we can safely use our consumer product okay. plugged into the wall. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, God. That was a burp. So it begins a high voltage, and then it go, It filters through the Hausenschlub. Correct. And then it becomes a lower voltage. Uh, that's about right. I love it. Yep, I'm going to throw up. No! <laughs> Are you, though? No, I'm okay. If you have to, you have to, and that's okay. <sighs> okay. Uh, how are we doing on time? God damn it. 33, we're good. I mean, well, I mean, we try. Half hour, half hour, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. good. (laughs) So once more, uh, Nine Inch Nails The Secret History Uh is a great resource. Um, And like I said, it it weaves a really good narrative of what was going on with Nine Inch Nails, especially in the early years. Um, It actually, it stops at the Fragile. Uh So I think this e-book came out at the same time that Fragile came out. Yeah. And it said, uh, you know, it had all these optimistic predictions like, Trent Nesner will doubtless continue to influence the world of electronic music forever. <laughs> and continue, to, continue to be a chameleon as an artist. Which, I mean, it isn't wrong. It's not wrong, but it's, but it's not, not like, right. right <laughs> anyway. Um, so after Trent Reznor was living with his father out in the woods, Oh, wait, fuck, we just listened to the whole album. We did, we did. Should I replay it? Uh, yeah, do it, just do it. Do you, ha- do you oh, have wait, any that, bad thoughts? Oh, wait, that way we can hear Annihilate. 
Do you have any dad thoughts to share? Um, yeah, my dad never really understood Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> like, my brother tried to introduce him to Nine Inch Nails. Really? Yeah, cool. and he, I think he played, like, The Hand That Feeds. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, like, you know, he, he never really I feel like it. on a, on a, like, fuck the man scale, your dad would be on board. Right, he's very anti-establishment But he's also, thing. like, very gentle and sweet-seeming. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in that respect, maybe not. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Dad loves shit like experimental jazz. Yeah. Or like far out sounds and everything. Yeah. But songs that like specifically say, I want to fuck you like an animal. Right. Probably too much. Too much, yeah. Too much. Like, I'm still... Dad thoughts. I'm still 26, so like when I hear I want to fuck you like an animal, I can still entertain like the sort of artistic um, integrity behind that thought or, mm-hmm, what, or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like when you're when you're an adult and you have kids of your own, it's like, hey, I mean, come on. I mean, I right. think, I think being Which a dad, animal do you specifically refer to? I think being a dad kind of mellows you out. Being a parent kind of mellows yeah, you out. It's like, hopes. hey, I mean... Eh. Yeah. Like, I get that you want to be very avant-garde. And, avant-garde. And, and be just out there and pushing the limits. Yeah. But, like, come on. What, what does this mean? Fucking, yeah, fucking animals? Yeah. Don't, don't fuck an animal. Don't fuck an animal. It's gross. It's not kind. They can't consent to it. Just don't do it. Yes. 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 But the thing is... Dad thoughts. Animals... Do they even consent to, like, sex with other animals of their species? Yes. I feel like yes and no. Ducks, probably not. No, ducks get raped. Cats, maybe not. Yeah, that's not a good time. Um... I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, cats in heat totally want it. Ugh. But when they have it, it hurts. Ugh. If you want to ruin your life, look up don't. cat penises. Their cat sex, you'd think it would just be adorable and innocent. Right, because cats are the best. Because they're no, adorable and innocent. it's terrible. It's the worst thing about cats. It's the, it's literally the worst. And I have a male cat, and he's the love of my life. And the thought of his penis, he's neutered, it doesn't matter. But, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, it's Dad like, thoughts. it's the, it's the, <laughs> I mean, reproduction is like the darkest part of a cat's life. <laughs> Because it's like they have they have needles and and shit that go into the other cat and then they like so I don't think female cats even ovulate like because the needles on oh. on the on the male cat dick oh. literally rips the eggs out oh. rips the eggs out of the ovary. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm. I hope I'm wrong. But yeah, animals fucking. No. No. Not what I like to imagine. I mean, humans fucking can be okay. Yeah, it can be. Other animals fucking? Uh, no. It depends on the animal. Pretty much no animal. Fucking an animal, death not. Oh, a human fucking an animal? Gross. Nope. Horrible. Nope. Horrible. Two humans dressed as animals fucking? I mean, I'm not into it, but sure. Well, two humans dressed as animals fucking, I'm going to turn the other way. You know? <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't want anything to do with it, but I'm not going to yeah. tell you what to do with your life. Do what makes you happy. Just don't bring any animals into it. Okay, I will say this about this first remix, the Meat Beat Manifesto. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy all the... Also, this is the one that has Annihilate. Right, you probably missed it again. Probably. Wait, maybe not. You are the perfect drug. 
the thing is that, like, I just don't have the patience for it. For what? Annihilate! It's gonna, I mean, it's gonna show up. It's gonna. Annihilate. There it is! <laughs> go back, go back, go back. Annihilate. <laughs> and then it just goes to the same thing. It doesn't even change the song. Ah! Fuck. Alright, it's coming again. <laughs> Remember? So. Alright, that's the last one. I was literally just sitting here with my laptop. We were listening to the album, doing our fucking homework like we do. I was playing Candy Crush, you were doing the dishes. Yep. And then like a good husband. Shut up. And then we... That happened, and we were just like, wait, what? Because <laughs> it has no place in that song. No place. Because, I mean, it's it's not like a hardcore dance beat. It, it kind of... it's. I mean, it's... Eh, we were just like... Eh, but, that, but then, like, Annihilate eh, drops in there. And then, like... Usually something like that is supposed to, it's supposed to um, announce the drop. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, it's gonna totally change the beat, and we're gonna get the. And the beat drop. Well, he didn't. Yeah. Nothing changes. It's just a guy saying annihilate. Did beats even drop in 1997? I don't think they figured out how to drop the beat. I don't think so. I feel like they were just like juggling the beat. Yeah. The Until beat like up 2000 most of the time. and like probably seven. Hey, do you Eight. remember Infected Mushroom? Uh, no. Well, I, I used to listen to Infected Mushroom because I think it came standard on, like, iMacs. Okay. Like, when you open iTunes on the iMac, it would have a few, like, demo songs, and one of them was by Infected Mushroom. Is this, like, U2 on iPhones? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Apple is no stranger to just... <laughs> Just, They're just like, hey, here's a thing. Yeah, just having okay, bye. random strange music acts. Yeah. Just just Trojan horsing their way into, <laughs> into your into your computer. Right. What was the infected mushroom song? All I remember was that <laughs> the group was named Infected Mushroom. I had some friends who liked them. And yeah, I would turn it on and then put on the iTunes visualizer. And then, I, yes! and then I was like, this is music! Should we just try it? Should just iTunes some, or Google or whatever, some infected mushroom? Just see. Just see. Wait, infected mushroom? Yeah, just see. The weird thing about them is that they're like an Israeli uh, electronica group. It's fine. And it's like, I didn't know electronica came from there. Electronica comes from everywhere. It can come from your heart. It can come from everywhere. Army of Mushrooms, Friends on Mushrooms. Okay, let's not a full vegetarians. album, but just like... Okay, wait, wait. Okay, Infected Mushroom, um, 2000. <laughs> full album. Okay. This is now the Infected Mushroom Podcast. Okay, this is not the song. This sounds like 2000, though. Oh, look at that black light poster. Yeah. It's like Alice. Yeah, it's Alice in Wonderland. Except she's not blonde, which is progressive, I think. Oh, yeah. 
mushroom instead. This is okay. I expected this to be terrible. And this is not terrible. Alright, we're going to track two. Ooh. We're going to see what their big hit was. I mean, it's very 2000. Yeah. Oh, look how cute the Cheshire Cat is in this. Where? Oh, he's like Oliver. He's like my baby, baby, baby. Oh yeah, I think this is the one I listened to back in the day. I've never heard this. Mm. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Sometimes, why? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the one. Yeah, this, I think that song came standard on an iMac without you even asking what? for it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. That shit cray. That shit is cray. All right, I'm gonna put Nine Channels back on because that's uh, what this podcast is about. Remember last time when we listened to the Cure? It was such a good time. Annihilate. Annihilate. Um, alright, I'm gonna go... You have more dad thoughts. No, I'm gonna dip back into Nine Inch Nails, The Secret History by Alan Cross. Ugh, fine. Um, uh, Nine Inch Nails in, uh, 1990 began touring with Peter Murphy, who yeah. was promoting his excellent Deep album. Ugh. And during this tour, Nine Inch Nails acquired the reputation of staging loud and violent shows that more or less pummeled the crowd into submission. Trent would throw himself across the stage, body checking anything in his way. Ooh. Drum kits were, were. Oh, okay. I copied and pasted this wrong. <laughs> Drum kits were broken. Uh, the mic cord around his neck in a mock attempt at self-strangulation. Other times, he seemed intent on permanently maiming everyone on stage. Whoa. Bandmates and roadies had never worked so hard for their money. The physical nature of the shows wasn't calculated. Trent's <laughs> violence was mainly a manifestation of his frustration at not having any impact on the pseudo-goth crowds Nine Inch Nails was forced to face. Whoa! Sometimes he and the band would throw flour or cornstarch on the crowd as a way of poking fun at the deathly pallor of the young vampire kids who had come out to see Murphy. Ah, uh, okay. Strangely enough, the more they were abused and the more violent and extreme the performances became the more audiences got into the music. Word began to spread about this frenzied kid and his new band. Mosh pits full of leather-bound, pierced kids... Stop saying kids. <laughs> it began to form even before Nine Inch Nails hit the stage. An outside observer, gazing down at the stage and the audience, might have thought he was witnessing a scene straight out of hell. Very quietly, mainly through word of mouse... Mouse. <laughs> Very quietly, mainly generated through word of mouth... Pretty Hate Machine started to sell. Yeah. So again, um, if you really want, like, you know, a history of Nine Inch Nails, this book is okay. It uh, it covers everything up until about... The Fragile. The Fragile. 
That's right. Um, let me see. Oh, here's some more, uh, here's some more useful information about Nine Inch Nails. By the time the Lollapalooza tour ended, Nine Inch Nails had thousands of new fans and had enough cash to maintain his vow of never recording for TVT again. Again, that, that was TV Tunes back in the TV day. TV Tunes. Steve Gottlieb, however, was not backing down. TVT was constantly refusing offers from other labels willing to buy out Trent Reznor's contract. It was a no-win situation for both sides. Jeez. The TVT dispute paralyzed Reznor's for two full years. Well, almost paralyzed. Because the label legally owned everything associated with the name Nine Inch Nails. Trent began checking into studios under fake names like The Stunt Popes. What? The Stunt Popes. This is the only place I've ever found that Yeah, I didn't even know about that. I never knew about that. Yep. So again, check this book out. If you're if you're a hardcore Reznerd and you want everything you can get your hands on about everything, poopy doopy doop, stunt popes and stunt popes. Astonished that he had forgotten how to compose a song on a synthesizer and desperate to get back into any kind of songwriting groove, Trent picked up a guitar. Everything Trent felt inside was poured into these sessions. I think I copied and pasted that from a totally different part of the book. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyhow. Oh, you want to talk about Lost Highway? Mmm. That sounded like you did. I mean, so I've seen Lost Highway. And then Shy was like, we should watch Lost Highway. Mm-hmm. And then... Then what did I do? I watched Lost Highway and he fucking slept through the whole thing. I saw the first third. No, not third. I saw the first no. quarter. Quarter. You snored through so much of Lost Highway. I didn't mean to snore. No, it's and it's okay. You just missed like so much of the movie. I got to the part where Bill Pullman went to jail for supposedly killing his wife. Right. And then he transformed. And into then he another transformed person. into the other guy, Balthazar, whatever. Balthazar. <laughs> That's his real name. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. Not his birth name. Yeah. What? Yeah. Some, some people are named Balthazar. He had some cool parents. And then his whole scene lived out, and Shia saw a minute of it now and then. I like Lost Highway, but I don't get it completely. Lost Highway is a 1997 David Lynch film. Yeah. Which... And it is super David Lynch. Like, yes. there's a confusion of identity, and there's lots of jazz music and a suspenseful titties. haunting atmosphere a suspenseful ha- haunting atmosphere Bizarre there's mirrors meta- in parts of the house where you know that mirrors do not exist bizarre minimal dialogue and titties oh there's some boobs so i mean like patricia arquette like girl she had it going on Ugh. i thought you didn't like her no, I do. Okay. She has like the weird oh, front teeth like I do. You didn't you didn't like the female lead in Natural Born Killers. Uh, yeah. I do not like her. I do not care for her. But I liked her in that movie. So I was pleased to see her do a thing that I enjoyed. But I like Patricia Arquette because she has them titties so. Mm. But most importantly, she has weird front teeth like I do. And she did a double role. Yeah, and she did a good job. She's a great actress. And Perfect Drug, I understand, comes into that film at some point. 
there's a scene when so after Bill Pullman changes into the Balthazar guy <laughs> and he goes back to work because the police are just like why are you in prison you're Right. Not a criminal, no, I, so we're going to release you, but kinda, the cops are going to follow you anyway. I like the way that that was handled. Yeah. It's like a... It's a, very 90s. A, a Kafka-esque thing happens where, you know, a guy held in a prison cell securely... Yeah. ...changes into somebody else. Yeah. And then the police have to figure out how to deal with that. Yeah. Because it's like, well, you're not the guy that we arrested. You're just some other person who wound up here. We don't know why or how. Yeah. So, so you're, you're free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he goes free. What am I talking about? Lost Highway. No, but what specifically? The guy transformed and left. He left and then... Went back to his mechanic's job where Richard... Went, oh, we're talking Richard about... Richard Breyer is the mechanic at the we're shop. We're talking about where Perfect Drug entered the movie. Oh, right. <laughs> LOL. So, dude... Appears in the jail cell. The cops are like, you're not a criminal. We're going to let you go. They let him go. He goes home to his parents. His parents are just like, hey, welcome home. And it's totally what's-his-face. Richard Pryor. Busey. His Gary Busey. His dad is Busey, and he like comes in the light, and he lifts his shades, and I was like, what did I say? Now you... Now Busey me? Now Busey me. <laughs> now you don't. All right, let's get it one more time. I'm so stupid. Player. Now Busey me? And so... He, fuck. Okay, so he goes back to his job. Richard Pryor is the boss, which is weird. It's a weird role. Yeah, and it's not even like a comical role. No, it's, it's just like, a role. It's a, it's a minor dramatic role. And he looks sick and sad. Oh, he, he looks he a doesn't, little. He doesn't he looks look good. Like worn out. Yeah, he doesn't look good. It made me really sad. But then this guy, Mister Eddie, shows up. And he's like, hey, you have the best... He doesn't say it, but he's like, this kid has the best years in Los Angeles. Get in my car. Obviously, they had a whole repertoire. So the guy gets in his car. They go driving along some hills in L.A. He, like, tweaks some shit in his car to make it quieter. But then this guy is, like, tailing him because Mr. Eddie isn't driving fast enough. So Mr. Eddie slows down, and the guy, like, goes past him and flips him off. And then he's just like, oh, we'll just, like, show him how it's done. And then he, like, speeds up. And then the perfect drugs, like, drums are just like... You are the perfect drug, the perfect drug. And then he, like, hits the guy with his car and then, make, oh. like, makes him drive. Like, he pushes the car with his car until he's almost off a cliff. And then he, like, pulls the guy out of his car and he's just like, you're never gonna fucking flip someone not." Do you know how, like, long it takes for somebody to slow down at this miles an hour? You're gonna fucking kill somebody on this road. This percentage of people die. And it's this whole, like, weird David Lynch dramatic scene. And I want you. <laughs> dad thoughts. But anyway. Wait, there wasn't a dad thought. <laughs> I know, I just wanted to do it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I remember none of that car chase. No, because you... I was tired. I was literally like, this is the drum beat from Perfect Drug. And I got zero response, which told me he's asleep. I was unconscious. Like, there would be titties on screen, and I would No, hear... I would wake up for tits. <sighs> I would wake up for tits. Not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. I woke up for Patricia Arquette's tits. Not all of them. Her tits were out so much. And she's beautiful. And she's perfect. She's, she's a great woman. actress. 
with weird front teeth like me, like I mentioned. That's why I like her. No, but her titties, though. Her titties, though. There's a great scene. Oh. Uh, towards the end, and Marilyn Manson's in I just can't even. You just have to watch it again. Oh, Trent also recorded a, uh, a lead-in for The Perfect Drug. So I guess during the car chase, there's a 42-second sequence that Trent Reznor did some musical scoring for. Oh, yeah. I think it's called uh, like video drones. Question. Uh, video drones colon question. question. Yeah, it's. It, I don't know why he called it that. I don't. So it's just a bunch of atmospheric noise that Trent Reznor created for the film. Um, and fun fact, it's one of the first and only times that Trent Reznor was credited as Trent Reznor instead and not of Nine Inch, Nine Inch Nails. Nails. Meh. Okay. Yeah. So that'll keep the hardcore fans happy that we're paying attention to the we're details. We're paying attention to the fucking details. Yeah. 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 This is the comprehensive. Annihilate. Annihilate. <laughs> the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things Nine Inch Nails. No, that's you too. You're talking to Are you me. talking you too to me? I am. Shout out to our very good friend, Aaron. Aaron. Faust. Prince. Prince. Staley. Staley. Or as I like to say, Prince Aaron. Yeah, If you right. didn't check out our appearance on his podcast talking about you talking to you two to me. Check it out. Yeah. We're going to be appearing on Aaron Faust, Prince Staley's podcast, podcast preview. Ah. It's very meta. Uh, we're discussing another podcast that we have absolutely nothing to do with. You and, talking you too to me. And we had a really good time. It was such a good time. Aaron's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's very polite. He's very pleasant. Check out his podcast, the podcast preview. If you love podcasts about podcasts, check out this podcast. He will tell you which podcasts you will love. And he's not wrong. I started listening to a couple podcasts because of his podcast. Testimonials here. Yeah. You know, you can charge for those. You're just giving it away for free. I'm giving it away Where for is your free. business acumen? I'm giving it away for free. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess you're taking the Huffington Post business model. Right? <laughs> I'll just do things for no money for long enough <laughs> that eventually people will give me money. <laughs> Even though I've already done it for free. Oh, here we go. Back into space-time continuum. Uh. Yeah, it fucking sucks. This reminds me. So, I was a photographer for a music venue for a long time, but I also was a photographer for various local DJs in Madison, Wisconsin. And this song reminds me of literally every night that I just photographed some girl in her fucking hula hoop. Or some girl in her fucking poi. I was going to say, this sounds like fashion. 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 Dad thoughts. Dad thoughts. <laughs> um, I just remembered we had one more thing to do. Mm. There's another remix of Perfect Drug. Oh, yeah. That was only released on vinyl. Yeah. It's called Perfect Drug Aphrodite. Oh, yeah. And it's the worst. It's the fucking. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone's gonna like this. Okay. But let's find out. Starting off strong. Kinky controls. 
So this is what was released on vinyl to DJs, to dance DJs, who were looking for the next hot beat no. to, to drop on their dance floors. I hate it. And it sucks. It's not good. It's not good. I like, like, I like some remixes. You know, I like when you take a song and you have fun with it. But like, so far in this album, it's just like, what are you doing? I just wanted to get that one. Boom! Exactly. That's, I don't know, I kind of like that. There's not a lot in this. There's a not there's there's a, there's a naughty a lot in this that I like. <laughs> so we listen to the one part that's okay. A spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti lasagna. Babra boop. Babra boop. But what's most embarrassing about this is that Trent kind of like whores out his voice and like he. So, I mean, there's like, you are the perfect drug. Like, he, he yeah. remixes his own voice. Spaghetti. Claire, I am <laughs> starting to fear that this has gone off the rails. I'm. Oh, wait, wait. Here, this is an okay part. No, it's not okay. You don't like it? Boring. It's boring. But have you ever played like a racing game? Yes. Uh, yeah. It's like Forza. I've played Mario Kart. No, it's like for, it's like Forza Motorsport. And you're like customizing yes, your car, yes, and it's just going. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes, 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 yes. Nope. I had a PlayStation One. I played a racing game. <laughs> Although I really like Need for Speed. Whatever. If I had to choose a racing game, I, like I didn't that. even know. I don't even know which one I played. But I mean, of course, Grand Theft Auto is going to be the end all and be all of ju- of the just fucking around video game genres. Yeah. Oh wait, there it is. Oh, you are the perfect drug. I mean, if I if I walked into a club and this was playing, I would, if I didn't know who Trent Reznor was, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, this is all right. It's right. It's a little embarrassing, but it's all right. Yeah. There it is. You are the perfect drug. <laughs> like, and that's not how he sings it. Like that is no, that, that is a, a bastardized. It's like, terrible. An auto to an early auto tuned version. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Um. Dad thoughts. Why? Why would you dad thoughts me? I love it. Um, so we put in about fifty-five minutes earlier. Okay. We've done another five minutes now. Okay. And we have we, we have te- we have ten minutes of intro. Should we wrap her up? Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um. So, Halo. Press nerds, you've listened to the Halo. Halo it's not 11. that good. Halo. But thank 11. you for being here for us. It's our tenth fucking episode. Woo! Woo! We did it. And we're drunk and it's good. And it's fine. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and find us at 
trendviewnetwork.com slash trendtalkpod. Find us at twitter.com slash trendtalkpod. <laughs> Find us at facebook.com slash trendtalkpod. If you want to tell us about some anecdote or story, you fucking email us. How much angst? At trendtalkpod at gmail.com. Also, or just hashtag how much angst us at Twitter because we love that shit and it's a thing. It's a thing. And hey, look, if you know something hey, look, about if you know something about Bjork that I don't know, send let's it to me. Compare to Bjork. We haven't compared to Bjork. I mean, because it's to, at this point, it seems like uncanny the mm-hmm. amount of similarities mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. Trent Reznor's career. And Bjork's career. Bjork. And I'm feeling like they're just going to keep stacking up. Yeah. Especially because I have a confirmation bias. Okay. We should have compared to her in this episode. I, I don't know what she was doing in 97. But, Google. important note that we probably should have made a lot earlier. Um, there was like a four-year dry spell between... Uh, a five-year dry spell, rather, between... Downward Spiral, and The Fragile. Okay. During which Trent was suffering from a lot of writer's block. Yeah. He, he didn't know what direction he wanted to take his music, um, so he tried a lot of weird shit, like this. Yeah. And probably drugs. Lots of remixes. Yes. Drugs. I'm Afraid of Amer- What What year was I'm Afraid of Americans? <laughs> Okay, so huge development. Huge <laughs> development. We found out that I'm Afraid of Americans with David Bowie was released in 1997. 1997. And I guess it doesn't have an official Halo no, but on like, which it appears. So let's just do it. We're just going to fucking cover it right Fuck now. Fuck it. So Fuck it. Listen, listen to it with us as we watch the music video. That's it. Here we yeah. go. David Bowie is standing in a kiosk in New York. At like Fuck a newspaper stand? I don't know. I love New York. He's wearing a paisley coat. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, they're both He's beautiful. beautiful. They're both so beautiful. Trent, sho- Trent shows up behind him and is just looking at him, chewing gum. Yeah. He's following him across the street. He's gritting his teeth. Yes. God, they're both so hot. Yeah. Yes. David Bowie breaks into a run. Trent runs in pursuit. I'm afraid of Americans. I'm afraid of the world. Dreadlock guy points a finger gun at someone. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Trent gives up chase. Bowie leans dramatically against a wall, breathes, and recites some lyrics. They're both chewing gum. Yeah. There's a lot of bizarre fetishism happening in the corners of this video. Shooting a cop. Bowie so runs. I'm afraid of the world. I'm afraid I can't help it. I'm afraid I can't. 
Everyone is killing each other with finger yeah. guns. Trent is chasing Bowie. Again. Bowie hails a cab and gets in. Eric and Eric and Eric and Eric and Note Bowie is beautiful. Weird old man makes a gun symbol at his head. Everyone is just pointing finger guns at each other at this point. Pussy and Bowie's so beautiful. Oh shit! Trent's driving the fucking cab! Trent is the cab driver. <laughs> and Bowie's afraid he can't help it. He's realizing he cannot escape from this cab. Oh. What's Trent gonna do to him? Nothing. Just leer at him? Oh god, he's so hot right now. Oh, they're both so hot! Just make out! Just fuck each other. Wait. Trent now. Trent's finger guns are shooting Bowie's cab. Trent has a finger shotgun and destroys the taxi cab with real bullets shooting from his pretend gun. Oh, mm -hmm. and here's the best part of the song. God is an Um, an impromptu goth street parade unfolds, <laughs> uh, uh, where, oh, Trent is dragging a cross on his shoulder. Other people are holding up fetishes made of skulls. Trent makes eye contact with One man with David is Bowie. wearing a suit made of LED lights. How have I never seen this music video? Are you kidding me? <sighs> this is one of my favorites. This because is... Trent and Bowie are both so hot, and the crazy thing... When, in January, when Bowie died, God rest his soul, mm. Trent said that he was not proud of the way he was back when they recorded this video, because of drugs and whatever. He said that he looked back on this and was not proud. Well, I mean, yeah, this is, again, the, the five-year dry spell in between Downward Spiral, which... To this day, uh, seems to be Trent Reznor's masterpiece, mm -hmm. the defining work of his career. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know what to do after that. Yeah. So he, yeah, like many artists, he turned to fucking drugs and and experimenting with different styles, a lot of which didn't work, like on a perfect drug <laughs> versions. He went from, I mean, like arguably, Downward Spiral was mm. his definitive. Mm. Time, but mm. like also the fragile. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think he eventually did punch through whatever was holding him back. Yeah, and created the fragile, which we will talk about in another so fucking three soon. weeks. No, like two weeks. Yeah, two. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. We'll get, we'll get it done in two. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, okay, we're at the fragile eleven, and the fra oh wait, we're the at fragile is like fourteen. We're at Halo 11, Fragile's 14. We'll get there soon. Yeah, why don't we just wrap up 12 okay. and 13 into the same app? Yeah, we will. Oh, also, Resnerds, if you would like to make a special guest appearance on our podcast, 
Message us. Message us. Just message us. We will Skype you and you will appear on our podcast. It would be cool if you had a microphone on your end and could take some really clean audio so we didn't have to like salvage the way we yeah. did with uh, Gareth. Yeah. Uh, but it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. And it'll be amazing. We love guests. We love geeking out. We love talking Trent because this is Trent Talk. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from fucking you. Weirdly placed fucking. <laughs> um, anyway, we're about ready to sign off. This has been an, an overlong episode. Somehow, yes! Even though it was five terrible songs. <laughs> yes! And, and a, another extra terrible song. Thank you for joining us on episode 10. Episode 10! Episode 10! That means that I have been in Long Beach for 10 weeks. Just about. Yeah. Yeah, we started just when you got Crazy. here. Crazy. All right, well. We- Bye. Thanks, Res Nerds. See you next week. Niners nailed it.